live from Mighty Trapdoor Mansion, high atop Tent Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pengrove, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Greenspan, and Cut Cockbirth! I always say. Mm. Welcome every week to Pick of the Buck Buddies. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Pick <laughs> we we talk <laughs> games arcade weekly. That's right. That's what we're doing here. I am Wiggly, your host. On the Skype pipe is Calvon Kubik. Hey! He'll be running the show for today. Will I? From my studio where I am in my fingers using. Also in the booth, as always, Teen Laquifa. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful teen. 18. Take it easy, Jerry Lewis. We, we are 18. That's her website.gov. Today's game, we gave clues for last week. And if you hadn't guessed it, you're, you're dumb. an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> or you just turn off the show before we get to that part. Here's another clue. There you oh, go. That was pretty good. Now, I have a yeah. 1948 version of the Popeye Pipe right here, okay. which uh, I can't remember all the ad for it on, on the card. It said, like, real ash light <laughs> and stuff. So what it is, there was, like, this old ancient battery in here. Uh-oh. And uh, I fixed it all up because it wasn't oh, okay. working. There's this uh, plastic on top, and it sort of makes a red amber glow on this piece mm -hmm. of plastic on top that looks like, uh, you know. Oh, I've a, seen this. Yeah. So And then it has a sticker on the side that says Popeye Pipe. Now, here is what Popeye's tweeting pipe sounds like on every cartoon you've ever seen of Popeye. Ready for yep. this? I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I laughed too much. So that's the noise it makes. And then you press this button on the bottom that turns on this light, which is probably like a, you know, 15-volt battery. <laughs> like acid leaks on your hand when you're a kid. So uh, we're going to talk about Popeye for Nintendo 1982 today, and we've always talked about Popeye. We love Popeye both as a character that punches people in the mouth, knocks their mm -hmm. teeth down their throats, yeah. and also as a, uh, a video game. And as a propaganda racist <laughs> cartoon as well. Sure. Yeah, he fights the Japs and everything, sure. I can't believe he had such a following in Japan after oh, the war. Yeah, because of that, you know, it's it's shocking. Did they never see that? Where it's like, and remember, kids, slap the Japs. Like that's terrible. That's fucking buy terrible. U.S. bonds and yeah, and uh, yeah. That's when he started wearing the white sailor suit because they wanted him to be a sailor instead of right. a a fucking scallywag, you know, yeah. in, in his black outfit and all that. And then they really cleaned him up in the seventies for that stupid 
Popeye and Friends show. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! Did and he stop smoking in that one, or was it the eighties? Yeah. Remember, kids, I only blow bubbles in me pipe. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't, you <laughs> idiot. There's smoke coming out of there. There's smoke bubbles. You put the water in his butt and squeeze his dick. Keep on pumping and let her rip the Popeye squirt gun. I think it's 78 Popeye squirt gun. They made a lot of these. They made Batman in this shape. And it's sort of the superheroes bent over <laughs> at the waist. <laughs> and uh, famous position from the Frank Miller comic. <laughs> yes. And you pump their dick is where the <laughs> trigger is. And then water comes out their mouths. And they made a Superman, a Batman. Um, maybe a Donald Duck or something like that. And then they made uh, the Popeye as well. The Popeye. Tons of Popeye toys around here. Tons of Popeye books. All the Popeye books before he ate spinach and all that. The Thimble Theater stuff. Really good stuff. Oh, man. Popeye looks so old in the original Thimble Theater, which was based around the oil family. You know, Olive and uh, the main protagonist was uh, Castor Oil. So, you know, a, pe- a lot of people hate on that Robert Williams movie. Yeah. I guess because it was a very strange musical, but it really did have a lot of nods towards the original comic strip. Sure. I just hated Robin Williams. Yes, I know. I think Shelley Duvall was the only choice for olive oil. Perfect choice. Yes. And I also like my favorite Martian is Poop Deck Pappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what about Bluto? I don't, Did you like that choice? I think he wasn't too bad. I have to. I only have that on CED, Capacitance Electronic Disc. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no yes, one knows what that is. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I have it on. I don't even have it on LaserDisc or anything. Else. Unfortunately, Bluto is missing from 1982's Popeye arcade game and has yes. been replaced with Brutus Yes, because and of copyright concerns. There's this whole Brutus-Bluto thing, and I yeah. got to tell you, I don't really know the truth behind it. I think Brutus might have been in the original Thimble Theater. Uh, so uh, I can't remember everything now. I'm, I'm too distracted by this game. I don't know if you saw a few weeks ago on uh, my Instagram, but I even got some new ink. I have a, an anchor tattooed on my wrist. Do you? Um, well, it's lick and stick, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, no Sea Hags. Sea Hag was actually an original character from Thimble Theater as well. Mm-hmm. Not too many other people made the crossover. There were a lot of other interesting people's names uh, that I unfortunately slipped my mind. But I think Sea Hag might have been one of the only uh, people. And, and I think Brutus and, of course, Olive Oil. Sea um, Hag in the film you're saying didn't make it over? No, in the Thimble Theater. Ah, okay. Because she she is in the game. You ain't kidding. Yeah. In fact, there's multiple hers. Yeah, too many. (laughs) Yeah, too many hers. Popeye 1982 Nintendo. Here we go with the making mechanics, and you can feel free to add in anything like. I have a very short list, and they're almost all Nintendo games except for one. Yeah, I have two words. (laughs) Donkey Kong 1981. (laughs) Yep. Of course, that was Miyamoto. 1982 is when we got Popeye. Popeye was by Takada and Miyamoto. And R&D 1. R&D 1. Donkey Kong Jr. also coming out in 1982 by Miyamoto. Yeah. And very complex in comparison to the Popeye game. And that's not to say that Popeye wasn't more complex than I remember it to be. I mean, I always loved Popeye. I was sort of 
on the fence about actually returning to playing it. But once I started playing it, I couldn't stop. I was playing this when I was supposed to be playing other games and, and, and whatnot. I love this game. Yeah. For three levels, I don't care. When I played Donkey Kong Jr., I was really surprised with how complex it was compared to Donkey Kong and Popeye. And it came out in 1982 like Popeye did, just yeah. with all the, the vines and everything else. A very difficult game, and the sprite is very... I want to say obtuse or counterintuitive. Donkey Kong Jr. is a very strange sprite to control. And because of that, I don't know, it's one of the pitfalls in that game for me. I don't think it's as good as Donkey Kong. And I think Popeye is actually better than the two. Mm. Uh, Historically, and we've talked about this in the past, Popeye was the original franchise that they wanted to use for Donkey Kong. Instead of Jumpman, it was supposed to be Popeye. Instead of Donkey Kong, it was supposed to be Bluto. And instead of, uh, I guess that's Daisy up there. Or Pauline, I'm sorry. It's Pauline who's up there. Uh, You'd be rescuing Olive Oil. Um, Obviously, they couldn't secure the rights to that. So they went with original characters. And that was proved to be very successful for Nintendo. I believe they're still using Jumpman today. Yeah, they I might be. Jumpman Party 37 just came out. <laughs> so it's a good thing that they did that. But I guess they had a love for Popeye, you know? They did have a love for Popeye. And with the success of Donkey Kong, as well as conjunction with the film coming out, I believe that's how they secured the rights to make this Popeye game. And it is like an easier Donkey Kong with another element thrown in there of collecting items, which is very cool because if you think back to, and we've talked a lot about these games recently, platformers, this is the foundation for the genre. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a platform genre prior to this. I mean, people give credit to Space Panic 1980 by Universal as being the first platform game. Yeah. But you can't jump. You don't collect the items. Talk about obtuse. That game is very obtuse. Yeah. For me, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., and Popeye are the games that should be considered some of the first platforming games because they were laying the groundwork. They were laying the girders, if you will, (laughs) for the future of that genre. Let's not forget 1982, Sun Electronics, and Atari Kangaroo! That was <laughs> Let's also forget plat- kangaroo. <laughs> but that was also platforming. Yes. You know, it, was, it was just like Donkey Kong, except you were a kangaroo that could punch. And there you go. So it's a punch and kick game, too, but very difficult. That came out in 1982 as well. And Donkey Kong 3 by uh, Yokoi came out in 1983. One of my and, favorite Donkey Kongs. Actually, yep. my favorite Donkey Kong, aside and from the Game Boy game. Because it doesn't have Mario. Doesn't have Mario, and it's a shooter. <laughs> and also in 1983, Yokoi and Miyamoto created our Mario Bros. Yes. One of my favorite arcade games once I right next to Moon Patrol. I played Moon Patrol, I jump over to Mario Bros. <laughs> Done with Mario Bros, play some Moon Patrol. They went well together with me. And those are the only making mechanics I have. No, that's fair. I, I think that Mario Bros, Popeye, Donkey Kong, again, these games are kind of the start of this genetic strand that would lead into the decades to come for platformers. And what's nice about it is if you were to ever see them in an arcade, they belong together. Their cabinets are so similar to one mm-hmm. another. And it was that Nintendo style of cabinet with that powdered blue or orange color. You had nice big graphics on the side. And for Popeye, speaking of the artwork mm. on the cabinet, and did you hear about this new Lumberjocks arcade game? I have not out? heard of this, but I've seen rumors of it. And oh my gosh, is it gorgeous. Beautiful artwork. Go to xgaming.com and check out their new Lumberjocks cabinet. It's similar to this Nintendo style cabinet. It's got some lovely artwork on it made by yours truly. That's unbelievable. That's I really did the artwork great. for that. We love I the XRK. I also came up with the name and the concept. 
Oh, did you? Yeah. We love the X Arcade. I own one and I, they're really pushing this uh, cabinet because well, it's Well, you know, a lot of people said to me, oh, it's 2,500 bucks. Yeah, it's 2,500 bucks. You get a cool cabinet that looks like it's from the era. Oh, with you artwork that looks like it's from the era. And this isn't something where you're sitting an X Arcade controller no. into it. It is built into the machine. Click around and look at it. It is a beautiful piece of artwork and it comes to 250 games. Yeah, you ain't kidding. It, it looks I think like it's a well real worth arc- the price. Yeah, it, it's a real arcade game. Those guys put out quality equipment. But anyway, getting back on track with this game, and I wish I looked at it when I was doing the artwork for Lumberjocks because I would have totally stolen this idea. <laughs> the marquee artwork bleeds into the bezel. Yes. So Brutus is getting knocked on his ass and you see his little feet flailing on the marquee and then you see the other half of him onto the bezel. Why is that so important, Kyle? It's not, but it is just, it's nice. It's a nice attention to detail. And these cabinets, for me, I have an affinity towards because of the emphasis on their artwork. They were very stylized and they looked good, especially next to one another. I just got to jump in. This Lumberjocks cabinet is unbelievable. It looks like you would walk into an arcade and you would see this there. That's what it's supposed to do. But you have eight buttons and you have uh, two joysticks. It's two player, which are the X Gaming types of quality controllers. They are arcade controllers. The X Arcade was one of the first controllers I ever saved up my money to buy to play fighting games and things like this on my PlayStation or um, Xbox adapter and on the Mac adapter. You also have your canister wheels on the back, so you wheel it like a real arcade machine. Mm -hmm. It is a real arcade cabinet. You have a real coin door. door. You have uh, all the ways that this would open up normally to uh, access the innards of it. Of course, you're running a computer inside, but it doesn't matter. You have a back panel that opens. It has the handle on top to help maneuver it when you're using those back canister wheels. This is a straight up top quality. The notches on the front for the speakers are perfect. And then you also have the two side buttons. Yeah, I, and I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of how the artwork was pulled you together did a great using job. this machine. And I do. I, I think it is a choice piece of artwork that belongs in your home arcade if you can afford it. And if you can, I don't think you can go wrong with the brand. It's quality, and I believe it's guaranteed for life. They'll replace anything under the hood that breaks. That's what they do. Considering that some of their larger cabinets are even more expensive than that. Yeah. This is a steal, especially for what it does. I don't want to get too heavy into it because we got to do Popeye, but Popeye would be great on here. Well, there's a connection there because they wanted an influence of Donkey Kong, and I gave it to them, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's what Popeye is. It is definitely an influence of Donkey Kong. The success that they had with Donkey Kong was able to translate into Popeye, but in a new and exciting way to approach this genre that was just born, that was developing. They added in the element of collecting these pieces. Now, in Donkey Kong, you could collect items and it would give you points. In this game, you have to collect certain items, depending on the stage, to complete it. Right. Olive oil tosses things, and at first she tosses 20 hearts that you have to catch. 20. That's a lot. That's a lot of love. It's a lot to get through one level. And then you have 16 musical notes in the second stage, which is like mm-hmm. a cityscape. You have a lot of neat things. Well, maybe we'll talk about that later. And then you have 24 letters to spell help <laughs> on the uh, Sea Hag boat yes. area. Yeah. And that's your three levels. 
Right. And then they repeat like a classic arcade game. There's different elements for points as far as multipliers are concerned and where you collect the items. So olive oil is at the top of the screen throwing these items down and you have to catch them as they float down to the bottom. The higher you catch them, the more points they're worth. If they fall on the floor, the music will give you a cue that if you don't collect that item, you're going to die. The music actually is really good in this game. It is. It's simple. It stays in your head, man. It stays in your head and it's good and it conveys... I don't want to say emotion, but it conveys how frantic you're going to be playing this game, especially when uh, Brutus is close to you and it changes the tempo of the music. Yep. Very cool choice. I like the sound effects. Obviously, the sound effects are taken from Donkey Kong, most of them, but that's okay. They put that game out, too. Right. At the bottom of the screen, the item will start to flash frantically. you got to pick it up, and that's where it's worth the least amount of points. Mm Mm-hmm. Points are everything in this era of games. So there's a lot of interesting ways to rack up those points. I believe the world record holder is somewhere upwards of 3 million points. Wow. Playing this game, you know it's extremely difficult to get past 100,000, let alone a million, let alone 3 million. You got to hit that 30-point punching bag a hell of a lot of times. Yeah, there are a lot of cool elements with, in the beginning, there's a punching bag where you can knock a bucket onto Brutus's head. Right. Later on, there's a seesaw with Wimpy where you can uh, be shot up to a balloon that Sweet Pea is riding on. Again, the characters are represented in this game. Right. It wasn't like they just took Popeye and slapped him into some other game. Exactly. The game feels like Popeye the cartoon. The sprites, for their time, feel like the comic strip or the cartoon they're to me, they're very expressive for what they are. Yeah. And, and see a lot of emotion out of, out of their little pixelated faces. Sure. And and that's what I want to take a really quick aside. 1981 and 1983, that's, that's the making mechanics we gave you. And if you stack these Nintendo games up against other arcade games at that time from 1981 to 83, it really shows you how much care they put into these action titles there wasn't a lot of design like this and you know we all know he needed a mustache so they could separate his nose from his face face from his face from his neck and stuff like that but it really doesn't matter it's some great artwork yeah the only thing i will criticize it about and it's probably just a limitation on the hardware but the backgrounds are a little drab considering the sprites on the foreground but again i don't know if that's a limitation of the board yeah that's true but the level design's nice and i think that you're doing so much action that you don't really notice that until you step back and watch other people play it i totally agree with that i was struggling to find things about the game that could have been approved upon because again we're talking classic arcade game you don't want to add too much to it because then it takes away from what it is. That was the one thing I saw. I was like, wow, the sprites are really pretty, but like the ship is kind of clunky looking and the city buildings are kind of clunky. But when you're playing the game, you're not looking at the background. You're a hundred percent accurate when you say the only time you notice it is when you're watching others play it. Because when you're looking for that spinach can oh, yeah. to help you, you know, that's you're just you can only use it once per level, so use it wisely. You're only concentrating on that green popping out the can, you know. Another thing about this game, not one button wee wee action. No? That's something they overlooked. Uh, unfortunate. As I mentioned, the reason that we talked about Popeye so much, I think, is because my buddies and I in the arcade would come up with all these 
different names for the actions you did, like bucket his head. Mm-hmm. And on the first level, you can hit that bucket with a punching bag. First, you jump off a platform and then you punch a punching bag that goes into this bucket that you're trying to drop on Brutus's head. Talking about points, I don't really care about points, except what I do care about is bucketing Brutus's head when he's on the lowest level. <laughs> Those points I do care about. Like he's on the yeah. top level, it's so many hundred. If he's on the middle level, it's uh, more hundreds. But then if he's on the very bottom level, on the ground level, and you bucket his head down there, it's worth a whole hell of a lot of points. Yeah. And just seeing those points as an indicator that I accomplished that feat, very hard to bucket him on the lowest level. I could do it on the second level pretty uh, time easily. Time it just right. Oh, man. Because he stops and he looks around, he yep. also, he'll also like, if you're beneath him, he'll give you the brain thumb. He frantically moves his fucking fist and thumb back and forth <laughs> to try to poke you and like yeah. maim you in your what head. What I will say about that is that this game, it's mm. definitely difficult, but it has a good AI with yeah. the enemies. Like yeah. in Donkey Kong, I felt it was cheap at times with like rogue barrels mm-hmm. that were like, you know, sure. All of a sudden, it's zipping towards you at a diagonal that you've never seen before with right. any of the other barrels. Right. This one, it's challenging because, yes, the sea hag will pop up and then Brutus will be on the other side and they're both throwing beer bottles at you. And you have to, you know, turn left, right, punch, 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 yep. punch to save yourself. Or like you said, when he's underneath you, he's going to try to grab you. When you're below him, he'll try to swat at your face. But it doesn't feel cheap. No. It just feels challenging. Yeah, like you say, you can mitigate this right. uh, quite easily. You can hit the steps. You could do this. Sometimes I get stuck on the steps. That happens. Uh, that's the only cheap thing I think about this. That's I my guess, one critique of the yeah, controls. I got to jockey on. the steps a lot. But that is similar to Donkey Kong Jr. And at times it was yeah. similar to Donkey Kong 2 where it's like, just climb up the fucking ladder, man. <laughs> I have those moments with Popeye too. But again... It's a limitation of the hardware, maybe, or because this genre was just evolving. This seems to be a uh, ongoing pitfall for Nintendo at this time mm-hmm. with some of their games. Because even Mario Brothers, sure, it's tight at times, but then when you get snagged up, you're really snagged up, and you're just questioning, like, how did that happen? Like, why is it not clicking? You yeah, know? Brutus will also do the big bounce. So he'll jump down, try to jump mm-hmm. on you like Nero jumped on Pompeia, and that will shake the entire screen. There's a lot of screen shaking going on. Yes, Nintendo was great hot on that. Nintendo uh, did that in Mario Bros. when you hit the POW button mm-hmm. to turn the all the screen like bounces. Yeah, the background bounces and the foreground stays uh, static. Yeah, but it just has a very Again, satisfying effect while you're playing, especially with that spinach power up and you clock Brutus <laughs> right in the face and he just bounces across the screen yeah. and the whole background shakes. Yeah. Why you turn red? I have, well, you know, no, just, I don't know. Just I guess to, it's just uh, to tell you you're powered exactly. up. You know? But I would rather just have steam coming out of his ears. I think that would have been cool. And the music, yeah. you know, indicates it and mm-hmm. everything else on the screen goes away. But he will try to get away from you in the worst ways possible when you are powered up yeah, to punch him. he runs like a little bitch. <laughs> and you run really funny, too, because yeah. you're like, I don't know, you're running faster than you're moving. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're yeah. almost running so fast you're in place. Your legs are like five blocks away from your ass. <laughs> yes. 
And there's also the bouncing skulls that the sea hag could throw besides yep. beer bottles. So sea hag throws three beer bottles at you in succession, three or four, I can't remember. And, and the sea hag's vultures in the game too. Yeah, there's sea hag's vultures on the ship level, which I loved punching them in the face. That was, was always good because there's a platform that slides back and forth, uh, much like in some of the Donkey Kongs. You get on that and, and it's always neat to be right in line with a vulture. So as you're going across that platform that's moving, you punch the vulture in the face and, you know, knock the feather off, etc. Yeah, just a really neat game. If you haven't played this, you it's really need to. one of those to. classic arcade games yeah. you've got to play. Yeah. You know, why haven't you? You've probably played Donkey Kong. You've, you yeah. might. You know, not a lot of people played the original Mario Bros either. Yeah, and yeah. that's another game that has to be played. If you consider yourself a fan of video games or retro gaming, there's certain titles that you have to play so it helps form your epistemology and how you approach video games. And this is one of those titles, Mario Bros. one title. Really, the four titles that made up the platforming genre. You got to mm-hmm. play. You got to play Donkey Kong. You don't have to be good at it. No. You know, we talked about Ghosts and Goblins, how fucking difficult that game is. <laughs> I bet I could do the same money bet with most of my friends in regard to not dying on the first screen of Donkey Kong. But <laughs> yeah. Let alone Donkey Kong Jr. But these are games that you have to play, I feel, so you can appreciate what came after them. Yeah. And Popeye, you see a lot of what you would see later on that was popular in the 90s version of platformers, collecting items uh, or puzzle pieces, power-ups, musical cues or Mm -hmm. audio clues as far as what you're supposed to be doing or what you're supposed to be avoiding. You see groundwork here, and it's important to recognize it. Yeah. And it stays true to the Popeye mythology. Yes. I mean, yeah. Brutus is can kick Popeye's ass until it's Popeye gets some spinach. It's not a train with Popeye on the... Uh, <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> Popeye sticker on the caboose. Right. Unfortunately, it doesn't have the clean-shaven man motif going I on. I wish it did. <laughs> I wish it did. It's my favorite Popeye. You know, I have a strong love for Popeye, too, because my great-grandfather, a bit of a doodler himself, mm-hmm. could draw a spot-on Popeye. Yeah. The man looked like Popeye, okay? <laughs> he looked like Popeye with glasses. I mean, he was built like a shit brick house. And I have a lot of love for my great-grandfather. Served in World War II, mm. served on the Missouri, was there for wow. the surrender of Japan. He loved Popeye. He loved drawing Popeye. So for me, the character, it resonates with me in like almost a family or familiar sense. Mm. So I'm glad that this was Popeye's first outing because it was such a strong game to come out on. And this game was ported to many different versions. If you're going to play anything but the arcade, I'd recommend the Nintendo, the NES version, because all the other versions really suck. Yeah. yeah. And Popeye actually has a long laundry list of other games. (laughs) You ain't kidding. But most of them are pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah. I talked about that one race game. I was like, what the hell are you talking about for the Game Boy Advance, I think. Did you play the Popeye wrestling game? Popeye oh 3 gosh. Wrestle Crazy? I forgot about that. And was it uh, any good? I, I, well, I forgot about it. I, 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 I completely have to go back and visit it. I think it's an it must have not game, been right? from UK or something? Yeah, like. it must have not been that good. <laughs> but I mean, because I was so stoked about it, but it must have not been that good. I don't know. I'm going to have to revisit that. And I just found out about another interesting sounding Popeye game, but the name completely escapes me. Well, there was also, uh, just in my research, I found out that there was um, a Popeye game, much in the way of Donkey Kong Jr. Math. In Japan, for the Famicom, there was a Popeye game that would teach the English alphabet. Oh, wow. To Japanese kids. (laughs) Till you get to yam, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's interesting. And like uh, we mentioned on last week's show, both Kyle and I own the board game of the arcade game of Popeye. <laughs> and uh, that was very important for me to, to uh, send to Kyle because that's such a weird thing. I mean, yeah, we have a Pac-Man board game, but that's a Pac-Man. But well, here you have a board the, game of the arcade game yeah, yes, of we, the character of Popeye. <laughs> I don't even think I communicated to you about the connection with my great-grandfather no, and uh-uh. the character. So that's why that present on that day meant so much to Oh, me. I see. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, and I said good. to you, I'm like, you have no idea how much this means. Because to you, it's it's a, you know, obviously you gave it to me for many reasons. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a goofy board game. Well, I, no, I think it's it like, a lot. You know, it's so great to have that person who was very important in my life be represented on that day through this board game of Popeye. <laughs> I didn't give it to you as a lark. I no, own, I know you didn't. I own dozens of Popeye games, board games from back in the Thimble Theater days. Like I own board games from around that era. I own ones where you do spinach toss. You try yeah. to, try to shoot these uh, round balls of spinach through his mouth. I have um, <laughs> a 1950s uh, ring toss where you try to toss on his pipe. I have another ring toss game. I have uh, a bunch of other board games where Popeye's just clocking the shit out of Brutus and all these different types in it. But the one with the Nintendo, I just, you know, it fits what we do. So that's just another one that uh, of the Popeye games I own. And I thought that would be really great to uh, send to you. It was. Right on, man. Well, this has been a fun episode, a game that's near and dear to our hearts, and just a really good game. I wasn't too hot on going back to it because I played it to death uh, whenever I had a chance. But once I started playing it again, oh, man, I couldn't stop. Yeah. And I played it on a level where I didn't even bother to check my dip switches. I just, I'm getting sea hagged right away and all this other stuff. (laughs) And my ladder didn't go all the way down. There's a ladder in the middle of the first stage that you could climb up and down. Mine didn't go. You couldn't go back up. Uh, I didn't have the... So um, were you on the hardest setting? I must have must been have on been. some other type of setting, but you, you also didn't have the through... What is it called? I can't remember. The arrows that allow you to go around the screen, you know? I didn't have okay. the through on that on the first level. I was at a hard stop. Gotcha. So, like, there were all these uh, elements of it that were more difficult, but... I got to tell you, I uh, I think I did just as good as I would have if it was starting at easy uh-huh. uh, because I was doing this really fun maneuvering and really paying attention to what Brutus was thinking in his mind, what he was going to do. Is he going to jump? Is he going to start flicking? He's looking down at me. I got to go. He, you can see when he's going to jump up at you. Jumping up at you, you're pretty easy on avoiding. But when you start having five beer bottles come from one side and four <laughs> from the other, it gets intense. Yeah. But totally able to play around it right you know, sometimes you're gonna get stuck but we talk about satisfying games i think this is one when you get in that groove it's hard to stop you and now here's tt schmookins with next week's we talk games video power magazine arcade weekly arcade game audio clue we shall see hello i am titty schmookins here is next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Arcade Weekly, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, dudes. What's your clue for next week? My clue for next week is The Legend of Zelda, as presented by Wilhelm Richard Wagner. <laughs> I don't even know what the game is! 
Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. My clue is my bunny lady just jumped in a shit crick. <laughs> Those are wangs. Okay. Yeah, I know. And it's probably not a shit crick either. It just looks like it. It's a beautiful game, though. I don't know if I'm going to be on the show. Maybe I will. Who knows? Okay. Hey, you never know. We have a lot of uh, other correspondence people. Now. Yeah, a lot of correspondence. We have Keith. Keith. We have Keith. And we have uh, Keith. Anyway, hey, everybody, don't be a jerk all the time. We hope you like us. Bye-bye. Well, blow me 